All right. Um, I'm, I'm in and set up. Uh, so, Abram, do you want to start us off? you want anything else? No, I guess uh, I can just do bumper music. Let's do it. Welcome to The Radical Bureaucrat, a podcast for people who want to change institutions from the inside. In New York City is early in the morning on Monday, March 23rd, but in South Korea, it is almost bedtime. And we have someone in South Korea on the line, Jaken Cho. Welcome to The Radical Bureaucrat. Hi, thank you. It's a pleasure to be on. Yeah, well, thank you for coming on. Yeah, Jaken is a 37-year-old man living in Seoul, having grown up in Louisiana, down in Louisiana, which is the uh, northernmost Caribbean city, as I understand it. Uh, having grown up down in Louisiana up to elementary school, he's always been able to take an outsider's perspective when looking inward to Korean society. He's had different jobs, from IT architecture to investment advisor, but his main career is in corporate accounting. And he's an extrovert, so the last several weeks have been very, very difficult, as all of my extroverts out there know. Uh, but he tells us he's excited to get on and talk to us and share his story. That's right. So, Jason, I ran, I ran. go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I just, I said, I really am. Yeah. Yeah, good. Um, <laughs> can you give us some context to your situation? Um, we're so glad to be in touch with you. And I should let our listeners know it was through our mutual friend, Jim, that we were able to make this happen. Um, so we're mm -hmm. glad to have you on. But tell us now, mm -hmm. like, where are you? Um, how are you doing? And and then we want to hear more broadly, how are things in Seoul? Okay, so currently, and as has been the case for the past two or three weeks, uh, I have spent the majority of the time indoors, specifically my home. Mm -hmm. uh, being an extrovert, I did try to go out as much as possible, maintain the appointments that I had. But because the uh, society is... Uh, making sure that we maintain our social distance. Mm -hmm. It has been difficult. Many appointments and meetings have been canceled and have turned to online conferences like we are doing now. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting at my desk in my bedroom and uh, this has been the common scenery for the past two or three weeks. To be honest, it's getting comfortable and that is actually the part that I'm worrying about because mm. I still love going out, but I don't really like the feeling of being too comfortable at home because I guess we're still at a stage in our lives where we need to feel productive, constructive, and more outgoing, whereas I feel like a, a retiree for mm. some reason. Mm. So tell us a little more. Um, first, do you live alone? Are there other people in your household? There are other people. I live with my uh, family. I'm not married yet. Mm -hmm. uh, my parents and my younger brother. Okay. And uh, my younger brother is going through a, a difficult illness phase right now. So we have government caretakers uh, constantly coming in and out, in and out of our home, um, visiting, wow. uh, taking care of, helping, taking care of my brother. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of all that, I am uh, working from home whenever I can right. and going out whenever I can. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's true that for for quite a while, 
our entire society has been fearing going out and and being socially active. Yeah. When and you say, has, sorry, when you say going out, what do you mean? Uh, going out in general to do whatever we do on a daily basis, from so just going leaving to work, to, yeah, right, uh, go, meeting friends or even going grocery shopping. We uh, we can actually grocery shop online here. Uh, these major supermarkets will actually deliver groceries to your house. So that's what uh, my mother's been doing for the past few years. And yet, uh, every time she goes online, she realizes she finds that uh, many groceries that we used to buy with no issue are now all sold out because more mm. and more people are uh, ordering online. And yet, when we get to the actual supermarkets, they're stocked. They're fully stocked. Mm. Hmm. Um. So first, I'm sorry to hear about your brother. That sounds like it just adds that much more stress to this whole situation. Yeah. Uh, how are your parents doing? Uh, well, they have been managing. Yeah, they've been getting by. I mean, I didn't make. I didn't mean to make this about my brother, but uh, yeah, no, that's it is a fact. Point. Yeah. Right. Like we have. Uh, my mother has been going through dialysis because of her kidney problem for a few years now. Mm -hmm. my, bro my brother's uh, in bed, so of course, as a family member who lives with him, I must also be very cautious not to contract the virus when I'm mm, out. Because, yeah. like, being a healthy male, I probably can handle it and will probably get back up, even if I did somehow get infected by the COVID-19 right. virus. But. Uh, for certain members of my family, it will be much more difficult for them, and, and it can be fatal. Yeah. So, yeah, I have a certain responsibility. So balancing that responsibility and my, my desires to go out and meet people or be active uh, has been, I guess, the challenge in the yeah. recent weeks. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's interesting you're talking about going out and meeting people and being active because in New York City, we're being told this is, the, the governor does not want to use the words lockdown, but this has essentially been a lockdown and, and it only got more intense this weekend mm -hmm. uh, because mm -hmm. he's been saying very clearly, no gatherings of any kind, all small businesses are closed, like all non-essential businesses are closed. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, not small businesses, but non-essential. And so can you give us a little bit more context for South Korea and Seoul how long has this been going on? So this is, this is, we're basically in a to our second week now, but how long has it been going on for you all? And, and how much has life changed? And, and we're also particularly interested to hear from you because South Korea is being held up as a model for the rest of the world. So people talk about what a disaster the response has been in the United States and how much, uh, how much worse this could get. And, they point to South Korea as one of the countries where the uh, virus has been um, contained. And I don't know if that's your actual lived experience, uh, but that's the media that I'm seeing on this end. So I'm wondering how it compares to your lived experience. But start with when did it start and, and then uh, zoom out from there. Okay, so um, as far back as I remember, it was uh, late January to early February. Mm -hmm. When people were starting to get cautious, right. but not really afraid to to leave the leave their houses, mm -hmm. and I remember I went on a job interview um, early early February, and the day before the job interview, I received a call from the employers that um, asking me if I have any fever or am I showing any symptoms of the coronavirus, mm -hmm. and um, 
they they gave us a few precautionary actions to take before we go to the interview because we were going to meet in a group. So back then, it was when people were beginning to uh, float the idea of going going into lockdown for certain businesses or gatherings, mm-hmm. but it wasn't that serious. But then, over the next few weeks, uh, throughout February, every day we found at least 500 new infected uh, uh, patients, mm-hmm. confirmed patients, right? Mm-hmm. And then the fear started rising, uh, like wildfire. And then we started receiving calls from a lot of these organizations that lent uh, that would uh, that usually rent their uh, locations for for meetings or, or conferences that their organization is also going into lockdown for the next few weeks so they will not be able to host our meetings etc mm-hmm. so uh, as a result that was I think that was when for about a month now I think that was when uh, people really started to stay home more or only going out for what is mandatory for for companies that still allow their employees to come into work. People will go to work and then go straight home afterwards. They would not uh, create any more, make any more appointments or meet up with other people. And that's a big change for Koreans who often go out after work with their colleagues. Right, right. right. Because it's a very common scene. If you go to those uh, major downtown subway stations that you see all these people, standing outside the exits waiting for whoever they're waiting for to meet up right for for dinner or for lunch or whatnot and now um we experienced at least for a month a significant decrease in the number of people who went out to meet people Mm -hmm. but uh finally finally enough uh, in the past couple of weeks uh, i found that people started coming out more again it's either because people feel relatively safer than they used to or we have just gotten very insensitized desensitized to the situation that Mm. uh, after having spent almost a month indoors people just want to go out no matter what they Mm. are still wearing masks and i feel there are they are still very conscious about the people around them but it doesn't really seem to be stopping the people from going out anymore Mm. so i guess that's a plus and in recent news, I haven't really heard much updates about any more uh, increases in confirmed infected patients. So I guess from the outside, it could look like uh, we have successfully contained. And I do admit that um, South Korea does have one of the best medical systems uh, in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that we are benefiting from at the moment and something that I'm also proud of. Mm-hmm. Because most of the time you go to any hospital or a pharmacy, uh, unless it's something severe, you only pay 10% of your total expenditures. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, once a week we have this uh, nurse come over to our uh, to our home to check on my brother and do some uh, certain things that the government caretakers can't do on their professional level. We only end up paying them six dollars mm-hmm. because the rest is covered by uh, um, insurance, right? Mm-hmm. So that itself, the system is is great and is very effective. Now, the people, uh, domestic people uh, who, who live here are actually quite torn between whether the country is doing a good job at handling the situation or not, mm. because uh, this is the part that uh, really bothers me. 
Now, when situations like this happen, uh, either either it's a pandemic like this one, or it's uh, something related to North Koreans acting up, or anything, it always becomes a political battle between the supporters of an ad- administration or the anti-supporters. Yeah. So, uh, people have have these uh, back and forth arguments about our current president and how he's handling the situation, because. Common sense dictates that if a pandemic, a a virus breaks out somewhere, you quarantine that area and you prevent any people who have recently been there uh, to either go into quarantine or you prevent them from coming into the country. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, our president left our borders wide open to people from China. And of course, the citizens are concerned that that might have been one of the biggest reasons why South Korea in the beginning was second to China with the most number of infectants. Mm -hmm. And yet uh, people who have voted for our president and who are supporters would uh, sometimes I feel they would defend them at all costs. And it gets to a point where I feel they're defending the president, not our country. So from inside, we have these arguments about whether or not we're doing a good job. And people are uh, quoting outside media uh, articles to to support their claims, whether they're for or against the president. Okay. Uh, so I can't really tell if what you're hearing on the media is accurate or it's just one part of it. One thing I can say for sure is that our medical system sh- is really effective and yeah. it's something that uh, people of Korea can be proud of. Yeah. Well, that sounds familiar in terms of you have one, some people who support a president and some people who don't and they have... Uh, <laughs> yeah trouble communicating about that. I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what about, you know, I, I have, I, I'd like to believe that South Korea is doing better than we are. And, and time will tell, you know, because this virus hit in different um, phases. But if the numbers right. are an indication, then you are doing better. Um, if numbers are accurate, that is. And, and from what you're saying, just the fact that after a month, that the tension is lessening, I hope that's a sign that things are becoming safer. But like you said, it may just be that people are tired of staying quarantined. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder about, the res- aside from government, just the response of the people, have mm-hmm. you seen um, or experienced just how are people as a community of South Koreans responding to this? and interactions with each other. And as someone who is a transplant, like we said, from Louisiana, do you see any difference? Like if you were in Louisiana now versus being in Seoul, how how do you feel like people are handling it or does it seem similar to you? Uh, The truth is I haven't lived in Louisiana for the past 26 years. So I don't have an idea of how Louisianians might be handling the situation right now. Mm-hmm. But one thing I do know is that we Koreans uh, are, we tend to be very obedient when it comes to major uh, catastrophes like mm-hmm. this. And during this time, I think it's because of it, I think it's also a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, people here are afraid to stand out in a negative way or sometimes mm-hmm. even a positive way because they don't like, they don't, they don't like receiving spotlight. Mm-hmm. So when an organization or government announces a certain uh, code of action, most people will make great effort to abide by that code. Mm-hmm. So 
when we started to see uh, a decrease in the number of increased confirmed infectants every day, mm-hmm. we couldn't really tell as as uh, uh, laymen whether it's because of the system or it's because people have actually followed the rules, wearing masks, washing hands, and staying home as much as possible. And on the subway, one thing I notice is if someone is not wearing a mask, or if somebody so much as coughs, then that person will get a lot of stares from from people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can even witness certain people moving away from from that person, uh, to trying to stay clear of any possible infections. Mm-hmm. Other than that, most people are quite nice about it. Mm-hmm. They follow the rules, and um, I think that is the reason why uh, I guess somehow we were able to. Contain. I mean, it's not over yet, so we can't say sure. for sure. But so far, it seems to be going quite well. Mm-hmm. But then we don't really know because, like I said, people have started to to come out again, and um, I guess time will tell. But one thing is, uh, organizations and companies are still not letting their employees come on full time. Mm-hmm. So uh, many companies are doing rotation. Some companies are ordering their employees to work from home, and any. Uh, Location services where they where they rent their meeting rooms for conferences they're still closed down. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting the point about uh, the, the the you said kind of the culture around following a code. If the code comes out and says we've got to do this or that, we've got to work together and do it. I think one one mm-hmm. of the things that um, we've been talking about in our family is the kind of American independent spirit and this idea that we kind of do what we want and that, you know, Florida and Texas are, uh, you know, they're going to close whatever they want to close. They don't have to close anything if they don't have to. Uh This kind of like uh, almost kind of attitude, American attitude that that is, uh, you know, maybe one of our chief global exports if you think about entertainment, right? Um, Uh Yeah, and, and that really works against us here we've got to we've got to be willing to submit to the collective good otherwise we're in big trouble i also wonder about some of the differences in the culture around um you know taking shoes off and outside inside clothes somebody a korean friend mentioned to me that there's there's a really common outside inside clothes uh culture uh uh that we don't have here we don't have that so much in america really I I was under the impression that that much we had in common. Mm. Like obviously, if you go out in jeans or or um, especially for women, if they go out in in a tight dress and they get home, they're gonna want to fit get back into some comfortable clothes where they can just lie around, right? So, I mean, yes, I personally have that habit. I have different clothes that uh, I wear at home from when what I wear when I go out, and I'm sure a lot of people share that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess culturally speaking, I think each culture has its pros and cons. Sure. Because mm-hmm. uh, in the case of the U.S., I think it's that particular individuality that allows for more creativity and innovation. Where whereas here, when you ask people if if they have any questions or if they have something to say or if they have any good ideas, more often than not, they will feel too afraid to express themselves in public. Mm. So they will they will rather shy away from it or slink away from the situation. Mm. But then I guess, like you said, in situations like this, 
it would be much easier for organizations or the government to contain a situation if people were more uh, obedient and willing to submit to certain codes rather than going and doing their own thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you witnessed any, I'm wondering if you have any um, kind of positive stories of people helping each other during this time and what that looks like? Hmm. Unfortunately, having not been out much uh, in the past few weeks, I don't know if there were any uh, people on a personal level that I've witnessed that have gone out of their way to help someone else in need. Mm -hmm. But I have heard and read about news where where people who were hard at work on the front lines, government workers and uh, private uh, company workers alike, have... um, Actually, yeah, sacrifice themselves, not like their lives, but, but have, have their, sacrifice their own time and energy to, to uh, help a bigger cause. And I think that is also a result of uh, some of the collectivistic uh, culture that we have here. Mm-hmm. So if, if a person knows that they will be a benefit to society, that is when they will not shy away from uh, the opportunity to, to shine in the spotlight. Not for the spotlight, but uh, most of these people won't even want the credit afterwards. They'll just say, yeah, I just did it because I thought it would would help more people. And I'm glad that people are happy about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, bringing it back to you, Jaten, you you said you're working from your bedroom when you can. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit more about your work life and how it's changed since the virus hit? Yes, uh, like I said, my main career is in uh, corporate finance. And actually, I'm currently between jobs. And like I said, I I was on a I went on a job interview a month a month back. And because of the situation, these companies are actually uh, postponing the announcements of any new recruits or anything. So I'm still waiting Mm -hmm. for that right now. And meanwhile, as um, one thing about being in Korea, one thing uh, about being a fluent English speaker in Korea is that uh, no matter what, you're never at a shortage of job opportunities. Because worst case scenario, now I don't mean worst case that in that it's a bad thing to do, but you know that teaching English is something you can always fall back on in Korea, and mm-hmm. it makes decent money here. There's a high demand for English education, so. Whenever I'm between jobs, I either taught kids English at a private institutes called Hagwons, or in this case, for the past couple of years, I've been freelancing as a interpreter for uh, forums and conferences. And yes, that has affected my life, my uh, mm. my freelance career a lot because, mm. like like you can guess, uh, most forums and conferences and conventions have been postponed and closed, canceled. So the minimal work that I do at home are mostly translation work, where I translate documents and um, public agendas for for these uh, conventions to be used when or if they they reconvene. Mm. Right. So tell us then, you know, in the midst of all this, you, you, you've laid out some of the challenges and the ways in which your work life has been constrained. Um, mm-hmm. What's the one thing that's giving you a sense of calm in the midst of this storm? A sense of calm. 
Mm. Well, I think um, we are quite lucky that something like this happened during an age where you can virtually do anything online, right? Mm -hmm. There are online courses that you can take for free. Uh, you can virtually go anywhere uh, using mm. uh, maps or Google Earth or anything or things like that. And any form of entertainment, whether it's games or movies or TV series, you can watch them on, you can stream them online, streaming services, or you can uh, download them, whatnot. Uh, I stay in contact constantly with my close friends. Uh, um, and we have these uh, group chats that are constantly active from mm. the uh, from the extracurricular activities that I am a part of. Mm -hmm. And I guess, yeah, it's one idea that does uh, help me feel better is that we're not the only ones going through this. Mm -hmm. It's the entire world. Right. And it's really interesting to see the different instances of people reacting to the situation or countries reacting to the situation and uh, I have some friends, I have friends uh, pretty much in any uh, region of the world, any part of the world. And I do have a friend in Italy who has told me that, yeah, they are actually going through some uh, severe situations because Italy has risen fast right. to become the second largest uh, infected country, yeah. right? Yeah. So... I'm not saying that, that uh, just because we're sharing this illness, I'm feeling better. But, you know, it's um, it, you get a sense of camaraderie, yeah. Yeah. even though we're in different parts of the world. We're all, the yeah, we're all thinking about the same thing. <laughs> yeah. It's bringing us unity. Although we do, every once in a while, I hear news about hate crimes or, or uh, racism because of the situation. But, I mean, that's always been prevalent wherever, yeah, whichever times we were going through. It's just, mm. We were just giving haters. Uh, we just gave haters a new reason to to hate, uh, to to cling to their racism more. We didn't give any new person uh, another a, a new reason to mm. become a racist who already wasn't right. Yeah. So that's always been there. But still, if you look on the bright side, we're all trying to get through this together. And just like you and I, uh, like if it weren't for the situation about you wanting to get to know the situation in South Korea through our mutual friend, Jim, uh, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So I got to say, it is opening up a lot of new possibilities. If mm -hmm. We just look for them. Opportunities are there. And we are forming new connections through this. Yeah, yeah I appreciate that so much. And I think what you're saying brings me comfort, too, that, that, <laughs> we, are, that we are profoundly connected, you know, mm -hmm. that we are vulnerable to the same things. We are in need of the same things, food and water. Right. And, sunlight and connection um, uh -huh. and yeah we are super fortunate to live in a time where we have such an abundance of sort of technological solutions um, to things mm -hmm. that you know our ancestors didn't have so hopefully we'll get through it uh, and we'll have those new connections like you're saying thank you for sharing that yeah um, my hey, pleasure yeah guys I kind of want to call an audible here which Normally, what we do is at the end of the call, um, our, whoever we're interviewing gets off, and Abram and I talk about what we learned. But Jake mm -hmm. and I, I'm wondering if you have a few minutes, you could stay on the line and listen to what Abram and I have taken away from the call, and then respond. Particularly since, you know, 
I want to know what your reaction is from over there and if, if there's anything that we're missing or, or that you want to add after you hear what we're taking away. Does that work oh, for you? Right, it does, yeah, certainly. So uh, I'll stay on. All right, so <clears throat> Abram, like a good radical, you know, we talk about what we learned today. So let me start by asking you if you're ready. What's one thing you learned today that you can use to create a more just and equitable world? Um, I think uh, a thing that Jaken said early on about kind of getting accustomed to kind of being by yourself at a desk in your room or whatever um, and what that means, you know, like what is the what is the impact on my person, my spirit, myself from making um, my different choices as I go through the crisis, you know, um, mm -hmm. I, I think the, um, yeah, the thing that, that gives me a lot of hope hearing Jake and talk about their situation is just how similar it is. Um, how, mm -hmm. you know, it's just life and it's, it's inconvenient and, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty and, um, you know, the same basic things, gross groceries are an issue, you know, like <laughs> it's, it's just very, <laughs> um, reassuring to feel that sense of solidarity. Um, even though, you know, we've got thousands of miles of physical distance between New York City and Seoul, you know, the two cities are very profoundly connected. There's a lot of connections between mm -hmm. the two cities. And, um, yeah, those connections bring me great hope. So, mm -hmm. uh, OK. All right. So for me, I I am struck by the similarities. Uh, I'm also... <laughs> scared for us here mm -hmm. in New York because <laughs> your medical system sounds amazing and we don't have that and we know that people are not getting the health care that they need here we also know that people are not, both because it doesn't exist and because they're not seeking it out because they know they'd have to pay for it and they can't afford it uh, and oh, so that scares me and that just points to the need for a government and and really a government is a reflection of the people, of people who are willing to take care of each other. Yeah. I, I also think about what you said about Koreans being obedient people. And uh, I think that we understand, we've been talking about the difference between an individual individualistic and a collectivist culture and that there are pros and cons to being both ways in certain situations. And I just am I'm sitting with that and thinking about it. Uh, and I think being collectivist is more than, than just being obedient. But I, because the obedience is there, not only because, not, not just as a deferral to authority, but because- Yeah, out of I a common good. Right. A common good, right? Like a sense of mm -hmm. we're doing this because we need to trust in the authority for the sake of everybody around. And we, mm -hmm. we have that. Uh, mm. But again, that's a that can be a double edged sword. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, and, I got to tell you, it, it, yeah. it scares me a little bit to think about a lot of government control about what kind of businesses can be open. And, and right. you know, <laughs> like like I, there's a part of me that gets real like sketchy around the idea of government run anything 
And yet, right. you know, what we really need, like Sam said, is a people, not just a government, but a government that represents a people who are interested mm-hmm. in taking care of each other and a public or common good. That's right. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm taking away. So any last uh, re- just responses to what you heard or other thoughts, Jacob, that you want to leave us with? Um, well, hearing both of you sum up what we discussed, um, I do realize that... I guess the biggest takeaway from this is that um, this virus situation, for, for what it's worth, has put the entire world on the same page for once. And uh, it seems that after hearing your sides of the story, uh, we are not really that different in terms of how we ha- are handling the situation, how we want to handle the situation, and how we want things to be, after all, in the end. and. I guess that, uh, in a way, might sound cheesy, but should be the the hope that keeps us going. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's yeah. okay. I think it's okay to be a little cheesy. I think I think we mm-hmm. need that. You know, we yeah. need to give ourselves permission to be a little cheesy. Right. We 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 deserve credit. We we do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jake, I, I want just... you to. Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, last, anything else you want to say before we uh, sign up? Oh, I just hope that, um, I don't know exactly what the, the medical system or the uh, health insurance in the States is like. I mean, I have heard stories of it. Uh, I know it's a lot more difficult than here and a lot more expensive. Mm-hmm. I have read uh, an article where a woman had to pay up to $34,000 for, for her checkup uh, over this virus. I don't know how much of that is true, mm-hmm. but... Uh, I do hope that the U.S., being one of the most powerful nations in the world, figures out an efficient way to uh, allow sufficient health care for, for people who don't have access to it, whether because of uh, shortage of funds or, or simply because they're not aware. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we sure hope so, too. I mean, we <laughs> saw in the U.S. there was a massive increase in the social safety net after the Great Depression, and mm-hmm. we're hoping that this yeah. crisis leads to a similar response. And, and uh, a lot of it will depend on the next presidential election and, and just how we come <laughs> out of it as well. So, yeah. but Jake, and right. I want you to know that uh, we will be thinking of you and your parents and your brother and sending all the positive thoughts that we can your way. And we appreciate being in touch, and, and we're glad to make your acquaintance. and. Uh, we'll continue to be in touch. Yeah, thanks, Jacob. Yeah, uh-huh. thank you. Uh, it's, it, that means a lot to me, and it was a pleasure to be a part of your podcast. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. You're welcome. We'll talk to you later. Yep. Speak okay. to you soon. Take care. Yeah, take care. Bye-bye. All right. Well, I think that all that's left is to end like good bureaucrats. That's right. The views expressed here are our personal opinions and do not reflect the official or unofficial position of any government agency, policy, party, leader, or really anyone besides the two of us and maybe you, but maybe not. This content has not been sponsored or approved by anyone and was mostly just made because we wanted an opportunity to talk about things that matter to everyone, whether they realize it or not. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody.